0: you're a parent, you know about questions. Where does the tooth fairy live? What's for dinner? Mum, what does the Trinity mean? Some are easier to answer than others. But how do we answer life's tricky questions, the ones we aren't even sure we know the answers to? In today's episode of Faith Disrupted, we chat about tricky questions and how we answer them. Join in the conversation at Facebook, at Faith Disrupted, and don't miss our next episode by subscribing to the podcast on iTunes or your favourite podcast player. And tell your friends about us. We like friends. Hello. Hi, girls. (laughs) It's been a little while. Mm. Nice to chat. Nice to chat. Yay. What have you been doing? Um... I Michelle have
1: finished a second book. Have been, not. Uh, I know. I'm on a roll. And um I'm going to say uh, right up front that this is lowbrow, probably <laughs> lower than lowbrow. Not as lowbrow as mine. What, really okay. Um but I really enjoyed it. It was easy and that's just what I wanted. Um so I read The Mummy Bloggers oh, by Holly Wayne Wright. I read that. Yeah. for yes. Mamma Mia. Have I, have you read it, Tam? No, I haven't. No. Should I? Um, I'll lend it to you guys. I'll bring Very it great. to Melbourne when I'm next awesome. down and have a read. Um, it was it's so it's about yeah, three women who do different blogs. And they're both they all are in the running for this big award that gives them like half a million dollars to kind of take their blog to the next level. So it's one of those, um, which I think is for memory, like our Marion Keys, where each chapter is a different person's perspective. Mm. And then it just keeps um, unfolding the story from there. But it was very actually believable and, um, yeah, easily, you know, nicely written and um, interesting. Well,
2: apparently. A little bit nuanced. She did a lot of research for years to, like, actually anonymously going into, like, kind of mummy blogger forums to kind of, I guess, learn the vibe Uh, of those people.
1: Yeah. Mm -hmm. I think she really nailed it. and. It was eye-opening in a way as well around what actually might might actually go on with how they set up posts and you know managing the content and having people behind the scenes working mm-hmm. full time to run these kind of mummy blogs, which seems so earthy and everything. So yeah, I just thought, and also I guess my, my PR background, mm-hmm. um, I find it just really fascinating yeah. how people yep. play the game. So yeah, I, I do recommend it. Easy read, fun, um, nice thing to switch mm-hmm. off to at the end of the day. So that was great. Um, Good one. And the other thing that I'd recommend is um, Mia Friedman, No Filter, her podcast where she interviews people, um, her interview on the 9th of October with Esther mm-hmm. Perel. Mm. Amazing. You're
2: stealing my recommendation. Oh, sorry. Oh.
1: <laughs> she's been everywhere because obviously Esther has some book out. So she's the one um, who's the psychotherapist who's been doing couples counselling for like, I don't know, 30 mm-hmm. years, is it? Um and yeah, so she talks about um affairs
2: and she's the one that I said um, polygamy, but it was po- polygamy. polygamy. <laughs> polygamy. <Yeah.
1: laughs> Polyamory. But yet when you listen to her, it's not as yeah. outrageous actually as yeah. what it sounds like in the sound bites, because I just thought what I found really interesting and maybe we should explore it in a different podcast was around the idea of the Um, with the fall of religion and the increase in secularization, more and more people look to this, to Mm -hmm. the partner to be their soulmate and their savior and Mm -hmm. to be all things. So they must be Mm -hmm. amazing sex, amazing future, um, uh, this confidant who's inspiring and fun and also um, easygoing and humorous and just must Mm -hmm. be everything, right? That in the past, we had God to be the, the person or the the being to, to contain who we are and then we had community so much more so. Um, yeah, and so awesome. all this pressure and then, yeah, people find it can't be that and so not that that's always the reason but that's how affairs can happen is that people, yeah, look for that outlet in other places. and Anyway, it's, it's a much more nuanced and fascinating conversation than my yeah. little synopsis but worth a listen just to... Expand your understanding of um, mm.
0: relationships, really. Mm. So, you know, she's got a podcast as well, Esther Carell.
2: I've been listening to it.
0: Yes, yeah, so it's going to be my recommendation. Okay. Uh, okay. <laughs> well, let's segue to you <laughs> well, then. Have you been listening to <laughs> Sam or not? No, I haven't, but I want to. Yeah.
2: So, I-, I can't remember. Ages ago, I heard it was coming, and so finally it was here. So, it- I subscribed like months ago, and I was so excited when it finally popped in. Um, But, yeah, it's called Where Should We Begin? And what she does is she basically, it's a counselling session between a couple and um, obviously it's edited but um, you hear them talking and talking about their problems and they've all got different problems. It's really interesting. And then she like kind of, I guess, you hear her talking to them and trying different strategies but then she'll also like kind of like, I guess, stop the tape and then give like a little – I guess, psycho- psychological kind of interpretation and it's absolutely fascinating and, yeah, really interesting to listen. Um, like There was one couple that were talking that I was listening to this week and um, you could just hear that they weren't hearing one another and she had to keep saying to them so many times, look, do you want to be right or do you want to fix the problem? And it really – that really struck me. I was mm. like, oh, yes, yeah, so often – Um, I I just want to be right. I want to have my rightness um, acknowledged. Um, Yeah, the ability Mm. to let go of that, to be able to move on. I mean, these guys were seriously not listening to one another. It was interesting. But, yeah, so it's fascinating just to, like I've been listening, I think there's three up at the moment, so I've listened to them, and um, it really does make you reflect on your own relationship and how you deal with things and what your expectations are and just, yeah, her, advice is really wonderful yeah really good. So. Mm. Kind of- great I've just yeah. subscribed <laughs> <Sounds amazing>. yeah <laughs> yeah so that was going to be my my right. recommendation and then I was just going to bump in on another one of yours Tam the master of none which you recommended and I oh. have just been absolutely loving that and yeah it's really funny and quirky and yeah it's, it's really good Yes. Very much yep. about Love modern it. life and just, yeah, the funniness of, I guess, some things that we actually don't deal with, like, you know, having to find a date on a app and all those different kinds oh, of yeah. things. So, yeah, it just feels really um, quite real and quite funny and, yeah, I recommend it.
0: He, um, he wrote a book on modern <laughs> dating. Oh, <laughs> Right. Did he? Um, okay. Uh, yeah, I listened I th- listened to it as an audio book cuz he he read it.
2: Oh, um, that's
0: interesting. Yeah, and I actually struggled because it was so out of my scope. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like that that whole modern dating thing like we didn't have to no, do that true. Yeah. No.
2: Thank goodness. Know. Yeah, yeah it's really interesting actually because um I was watching it watching one episode or two episodes with uh, my brother and one episode was kind of um, I guess one of the main themes that came out was like the awesomeness of being single. Like there's so many opportunities and you never know who's going to be next and you get to meet different people and, you know, it's kind of like mm. adventurous. And then the whole next episode was like him like going out on these awful dates, that I guess basically mm. from like a Tinder <laughs> yeah. type app and just meeting horrible people and or people they just didn't <laughs> connect with. And, and then my brother was like,
0: yes. That's, that's that's more,
2: more
0: like the reality. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Well, I finished um my Marion keys book. <gasps> what did you think? You'll be pleased to know that it got no better. <laughs> um, it was awful, and I felt very empty <laughs> when I finished that book. Um, <laughs> So, because this this was the result of a very rare library visit where I, you know, I borrowed four books and that was the first one I read because I thought it was going to be the easiest one to get through. And it was (laughs) easy, but it just Mm. just left me feeling very despondent. Mm. So, the next book I grabbed off my library pile was The Little Paris Bookshop Mm. by Nina George. And it was... It was the most beautiful book. I, I loved it. I adored it. It reminded me of um, A Man Called Oz. Oh, yeah, great. Okay. Um, that kind of quirky, very character-led mm. book. And, yeah, I just – it was beautiful. Highly recommend it. I just cried. I cried oh, for days. Really? I was very premenstrual at the time. <laughs> and it was just – it was lovely. And, it, yeah, it's so it – went from – terrible book to you know one of the best books that I've written yeah. in a long time so wow. I, it made me happy yeah and the other thing I recommend this week is going bar hopping with your yes. friends <laughs> and, and then texting the
1: other friend who's at home
2: <laughs> or <laughs> or <watching Netflix>. <laughs> oh I, I had this about conversation
0: this. yeah I had this conversation at work last week with um a A a lady who would have been maybe around my age, a couple of years older. And I said something about going out in the city. And she she just looked at me. She said, Oh, I've got five kids and I'm old. I don't go out anymore. Mm. I'm like, Well, I go out so that I don't feel old. Because, (laughs) like, yeah. So, Ursh and I went out scoping bars. It was so much fun. For our high school reunion. We had so much fun. Like, I didn't want to go out that night. No, I really was tired and i didn't feel like putting on makeup or getting dressed up or anything mm-hmm. and but once we got out we had mm-hmm. a ball didn't yeah. we We
2: oh, went to no. like nine hours, <laughs> three or four hours <laughs> it wasn't just me no, I really really enjoyed it. <laughs> okay. it was like it was just fun to be out like walking in the city and going down laneways and seeing different places and, and trying to find hidden bars yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it was really fun. And, yeah, I mean, Melbourne wow. is just amazing. Yeah, amazing city, really amazing, like, great, great, lots of great different bars. So, yeah, it yeah, yeah. was really fun. It's true though, isn't it? Like
1: you have to go with the mindset that it's going to be, you know, you're going to um, put yourself out there and do it and have fun. Yeah. Because sitting at home, like I normally do, on think it was a Saturday night, so I was in Sydney getting your texts and ideas and pictures and so forth. And I was just, you know, tired. I'm like, yeah, I'm still going to bed at 10 because that's how I roll. Yeah. But if I was out with you, I would have like gone to the next level and loved it too. Yeah. But yeah. So you, yeah. You have to choose. You kind of put yourself out there, which we are doing in a week, aren't we? Yeah. So did you explain why you're
0: bar hopping? I think I did. I think, yes, we were scoping for oh, the reunion. I out. Yeah. That's all right. I know. 20,
2: 20 years school reunion.
0: Yeah. We'll talk more about that later. (laughs) Maybe we'll need some Vox Pops on that night. (laughs) Can find out all about our little dirty secrets. Of
2: which there were none in high school. No, there pretty much wasn't, was
0: there? (laughs) We sound mysterious for a moment anyway. (laughs) (laughs) All right. What are we talking about tonight?
1: Well, I thought – it would be interesting to tackle a parenting topic if that's all right because I have found myself increasingly um, uh, questioning how you bring up kids just generally. Mm. Yeah. There.
0: That's right. <laughs> <Stop>. <laughs> just full stop. <laughs>
2: how do you bring up kids?
1: I've learnt a lot from my mummy blogger book but <laughs> I, I wouldn't that. say that they were role models in there. <laughs> they are a bit crazy. Um but yeah, look, I've found, you know, we talk about on this podcast, um, we're, you know, t- tackling different topics and I guess the things that we've grown up thinking and believing and just not even questioning to now at this stage of life wrestling with and, um, you know, doing that critical thinking piece and sort of unpacking things and then putting them back together in a new way. Um, but I guess when you have kids, I've got the six-year-old and a three-year-old, it's probably more the six-year-old at this point. Yeah. Um, who is you know just asking questions and goes to a little catholic school goes to kids church on a sunday and i find myself um answering those questions like uh with a real um almost rote response Mm. and i realize i'm kind of just bringing out stuff that i've i learned in sunday school or that i got told when i was younger um and i guess i would be keen to just discuss with you guys around whether that is good. Like, is that the right way to um, respond with the kind of simple question, simple answer? Mm. Or or do you start even early with your kids around having a more, you know, more nuanced, complex response (laughs) or question back to them or how do you, help them not have a crisis of faith, can you stop that? There's a lot of questions I'm throwing out there. But, you know, I I guess all of us have to get to to different points, I guess, in our lives and with circumstances that come across our path and whether we're going to pause to go, wow, what does this mean for me Mm. and my relationship with God and with church and um, with others? Can you as a parent help that journey and Mm. how Mm. do we do that?
0: Admittedly, I think I deal with those kind of things the same way I deal with Santa Claus. So, it's, it's that whole <laughs> reflecting back. What do you think? So, no. No.
2: How, oh, is Santa Claus real? What do, do you, you
0: think? Um, and I suppose in in one way, it's it's deflecting maybe having to give a answer that either isn't true or that I can't prove or that I don't actually know. Um but it's also. I also want to encourage some critical thinking as well. Like, yeah, I, that's good. I don't want them to. Yeah, I don't want to spoon feed them answers um, because, like you say, Shell, that's what. That's how. Well, I didn't grow up like that, but that's how um, a lot of kids grow up is being spoon fed those rote answers to the mm. their school questions, without mm. actually figuring out what it means for them or um, yeah, any anything personal about Mm. it it's just that rote learning
2: yeah I think it comes back to like it does come back to the bigger question of what like in a way is your goal in parenting like Mm, what do you want your child to what's important to you and you know like if that if critical thinking if you know finding their own voice and their own belief is important then I think you know how you parent yeah, I think how you parent, is really important to get to that space or if you just want compliance and obedience and, you know, someone to think the same way that you think about everything, then you're going to parent in a different way. Yeah. And, yeah but at true. the same time, there are, like surely as well, there must be different stages like of children's development where there's certain things that they can handle and certain things like, I don't know, some answers just have comfort in them that mm. maybe you don't need to discuss much beyond like a nice comforting answer when a kid is two as opposed to when they're six or when they're ten. I don't know. But yeah, if you can do it in such a way that it leaves it open to further discussion, maybe that's the way to go. I don't
1: mm. know. Yeah, and I think, I'm I guess good. I'm... I'm
2: pretty hard line on Santa.
1: <laughs> There's no that. There is no Santa. Okay. Close kids in the car right Saint now.
2: Because
1: oh. <laughs> what's the idea that if they believe in Santa and then find out he's not true, then they'll think Jesus isn't true? Is that that's the It's not
2: way? even that. It's well, look, it's, it's it, it. It could be that I guess. I don't know that. That's my underlying reason. I think just generally, I. It's hard because it's a bit like imaginative play, isn't it? Like I'll, you know, imaginative play with my daughter about fairies and about different things, but I find it more difficult to feel like I'm openly
0: lying. I feel like we need a whole Santa episode around Christmas. Yeah,
2: maybe, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, that's just me. And because I didn't grow up with Santa, it's not an important value. Like I never felt like I missed out and I also always thought all the other kids were really stupid. (laughs) I
1: know and the, the level of arrogance I was the same but then I like so yeah Bruce and I kind of went with it for the kids like that kind of what you said Tam around well what do you think you know and if she was going with it cool but I kid you not on Easter Easter random when Charlie was four she's just like comes out with Easter Sunday is Santa real <laughs> Who asked that on Easter Sunday? Well, she's making and, the connection, isn't she, between yeah, the two yeah. Christian figures, so. Bunny and <laughs> Santa? Yeah, I guess. So. <laughs> um, anyway, so yeah, yeah, answer straight. Maybe when they give you a straight question, yeah. But I think that's right around the what ages, and and this is, um, I guess, where mm. I probably my main question is because I, I mean I grew up with parents who got us to think critically,
0: um, mm. which
1: I really appreciated. So it's not as if I yeah kind of felt like I had this. Um, response necessarily in the family setting Mm. um however I also don't want to it's just unhealthy right to (laughs) be too um messy for a kid yeah who needs the comfort as you say ish um yeah so there's just a, a fine line to walk I think but yeah it's a different way of responding as you say Tam like it's asking the questions and it's leaving the door open for what conversation will happen in the next year or two years time mm. but it's, it's really mm. tricky when you haven't necessarily had that modeled um of how you do that mm. and are both parents on the same page with that too because yeah. <laughs> that can um, <laughs> be challenging good. i know like one um a set of friends of mine who um are really wrestling with yeah what face looks like and it's been it, they've got to a point that it's quite different to their kind of more um evangelical upbringings mm. and but they still have their kids in a school that is a conservative Christian school, mm-hmm. which yeah, I find I really see. interesting. And, you know, kind of asking them, like, what does that mean when they're being taught very much that kind of rote conservative um, view of faith in God? How do they manage that as a family mm-hmm. kind of unit? Um, yeah, and their view is that if they want them to still learn all of that and, understand the bible stories and understand who god is and which is who they believe in god so don't get me wrong but then yeah they're doing that critical thinking back in the family unit and ask mm. what, do, what do you think about that and how could we say that differently and what could that look like and it's an interesting balance isn't it where they different contexts give kids different experiences but it's not mm. that they accept that as the perfect response it's mm. how you explore it further together. Yeah, and I'd love to do that too. Their kids are a bit older than mine, probably more
0: at like your age, ten. Yeah, but it's also the personality about, of the kid as well. Like I find my oldest child. is not a questioner at all, yeah. whereas my middle boy is so inquisitive um, and he always, you know, he'll ask the questions like, Mum, what does heaven look like? And, you know, anything mm-hmm. he's been told, he'll remember it months later and say, oh, mm. so, you know, this about Jesus and this, you know, it's, mm. yeah, it's totally personality thing. Whereas some answers will do my oldest boy, he will just like a, a clean and simple answer, whereas my middle yep. boy, he's much more willing to go searching for those answers, I think.
1: Mm. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's really interesting. How, um, how do you and Rog manage it, Tam? Um- together in um, similar
0: ways? <laughs> no, I don't think we manage it in very similar ways. is <laughs> <laughs> that a leading question. <laughs> um yeah, no probably Roger I mean I was spoken before he's a he's a one on the enneagram, so he likes black and white answers. Mm. And so that's the way he'll respond to things. He would prefer to give that black and white answer um rather than um maybe be a bit more open ended about it as mm. I would respond so um again that would suit out my oldest boy but Mm. my middle boy would probably push push back and ask more questions to the point where it you know where they keep asking questions but why but why but why (laughs) yeah
1: what about you is Eva
2: asking questions yeah oh she I didn't know so much that she asked I mean they're not major questions like she'll say you know, um, will there be enough beds for us all in heaven? And,
0: oh, beautiful. Will
2: Jesus make us dinner and things like that? Like, it's very basic y kind of stuff yeah. at this stage. So, but I was thinking about the parenting thing. So, yeah, I don't feel like she's asking heaps of questions like that yet, um, or, you know, things that I really have to worry about how I answer it. But uh, it was interesting along the lines of um, the whole, you know, inviting Jesus into your heart type thing because obviously that's a big yeah. thing that gets taught at sunday school and um i don't want you know jesus to be her friend i want her to have a, a you know a sense that god is with her and all that kind of thing and so I, I was very cool about you know her want you know wanting to pray the prayer when she brought it up herself so i think around three she was like you know i'd like to have jesus in my heart or whatever and so i was you know kind of prayed that prayer with her and was really thought that was really lovely and I was excited about that whereas my husband was much more like well it kind of doesn't mean anything the age of reason is seven and um, you know I, I don't want to force that on her I don't want to make too big a deal of that at this young age for her mm-hmm. whereas for me I was like oh so and I could understand I could see his point of view but then again it came back to I guess that age thing as well going well this is something that, yes, she's been taught about, but she's initiated it. So I'm not going to turn around to her and say, no, you may not. not. But is that really, what, you know, kind of thing. So, yeah, yeah. But that was just like, I guess, a different perspective about something I'd never even thought about before. Yeah. Charlie did that
1: while watching Netflix the other day. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> so oh. meaningful. <laughs> it
1: was amazing. Yeah, Briss and I, I think, are... Um, Yeah, I don't know. It'll be interesting. I think we'll see more and more what the difference is there. Bruce Mm. tends to talk things out a lot and give a very expansive
0: reflection (laughs) on things. Yeah, I wonder if that's Um, a boy thing. Oh, really? Does Brunch do that as well? Yeah, Yeah. because sometimes I'm like... Remember, they've got a thirty-second attention span. <laughs> really? I mean, Charlie yeah.
1: has so moved on, is then just changes the subject. and moves Yeah, away from his explanation yeah. all the time. Yeah. Do you have a
0: biscuit? <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm hungry. I need a
1: crumpet. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so it'll be interesting. But I mean, even like it's even things like creation. Mm. You know, mm. reading all the Bible stories about the seven days, and, yeah. and like, I don't know that I, you know, i wouldn't yeah. say I'm a creationist. Yeah.
2: Necessarily. Yeah, that's necessarily right. that i'm
1: gonna start confusing their minds at this point but yeah just interested in when that's gonna start i mean i remember my mind being blown at about 19 years old when some theologian came into our baptist young adults group mm. and talked about creation maybe not being a literal seven days mm. like
0: it yeah. threw us it, yeah it genuinely um, but that's the thing yeah. like I want my kids to be thrown before then yeah, yeah that's right I, mean, I know it's totally. late. Yeah. yes that's what I mean 19. that's old yeah I know yeah. for that
2: yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah but again it probably depends on your school like, our school would have been creationist right I can't even of remember But oh, definitely no it evolution definitely was. Yeah. yeah so it does come down to yeah what education choices you make as well and yeah fascinating but yeah
2: if it's If that's what you're getting in every corner, like your home, your church and your school, that's probably where it becomes a bit more worrying, whereas, you know, um, like your friends that you are talking about who are saying that children are in the Christian school but then maybe they have a broader perspective at home, that's probably a really Mm. healthy thing. Balance. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Mm. So would you guys send your kids to Christian schools?
0: Yeah, I would send her to a Christian school. Yeah, I'm not sure. I mean, it's not not really an option. It's
2: more about whether it's good education. Yeah, yeah, that's me, true. Rather than whether it's Christian or not Christian. I like the thought of having God in um, in her life just generally. But, yeah, it's an interesting one, isn't it? I was talking with a friend of mine who has a high school aged daughter who went to primary school in a Christian school and is now in a government school and is really struggling with that. And basically said to her, Mum, I know that I can't always live in the Christian bubble, but do I have to step out of it now at 12 and 13? Can I do it when I'm in Boulder in uni? And I was like, Wow, she articulated that. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And I was like, hmm, it's interesting, isn't it? Like, when is the good time (laughs) Mm. to be in the real world and to feel comfortable in that and not like you're, I think for a lot of my early uni days, I felt so separate from everyone. Mm, so different. Yeah. like my beliefs yeah. were so different and yeah it's like being a, a
0: refugee isn't yeah. it <laughs> yeah it is and it's not really spoken about or you're not really equipped for it
2: mm.
0: yeah and it's that whole fear of the others as well isn't it yeah. like you we were at that very sheltered christian school where mm. non-christians were essentially made out to be um not the enemy but like a another nation to be conquered. Like they weren't, mm. we weren't supposed to <laughs> just befriend them for who they were, mm. you know. Yeah, we, have, we were supposed to befriend that, them and I mean, lead them to Jesus. Yeah, yeah. that's always an ulterior motive. Yeah. Yeah, which is yeah. so much pressure, isn't it? Yeah, and it, it really comes in the way of building actual proper relationships with Ooh, people. Yeah. I think I struggled, yeah, I struggled in uni as well, mm. actually making friends. Mm. Um, without the boundaries of the Christian school yeah, yeah. because
2: yeah. it's a, it's um, even just topics that you're used to talking about or having a shared worldview morality worldview yeah um, yeah it
1: makes it tricky. So in light mm-hmm. of that, what are the three or four things that you do want for your kids then growing up in this in terms of what faith means and how they end up becoming independent people what are the big rocks that you want to have in place that you've contributed to as a
2: parent I was reading the other day that um Paul's scripture where he says everything is permissible for me but not everything is beneficial everything is and I can't remember the rest of it now (laughs) and I was so struck with that like what a hugely bold statement that is to say he wasn't saying everything is permissible for me you know, except, I don't know, sex before marriage, except blah, blah, blah. You know, he said everything is permissible for me, but everything is not beneficial. And I just kind of, I guess I want my, uh, my daughter to grow up being able to make good choices for herself and for where she's at, to be comfortable in her choices and in her voice and in who she is, in her identity, and to be able to be compassionate and cognizant of different people's choices and ways of growing up and seeing the world in a way that it doesn't threaten her Mm. Mm. like I want her to have a faith in God but I want her to think critically and I want her to have a strong sense of um, morality but I don't want her to be like a prissy pants who just Sorry, a what
1: a chrissy pants i like that gonna catch on hashtag chrissy pants
2: um oh i don't want to just to swallow all the christian stuff to keep her safe i want mm. her to be confident in the choices that she makes and i wanted to know how to make good choices and i guess you know that by making some mistakes along the way
0: yeah true what about you tam all right Oh, I was just going to ask you to give myself some more time. (laughs) No, No, what Ersh said, it was really great. And I think, yeah, a lot of it's about um, giving them that space to find, yeah, find out what they believe without it just being thrust at them from all angles, I guess. Mm. Yeah, so giving space for questions. I think Mm. that's a big thing. I listened to this. Sorry, Shell. I'm going to say it again. I listened to this (laughs) podcast this week, (laughs) Um, so it was. I think it was the latest episode of the Beyondering podcast. So they—that's a um, a couple of Australian guys uh, run that and do a really good job. And yes, that's them. Yep. 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 And so they were interviewing. Oh, look, I could look it up, but I'm just going to say some American bloke um, <laughs> who is a pastor who has put out all these resources about um, questions and just giving mm,
1: great.
0: Um, yeah. yeah, giving people the p- permission to ask questions. And I think that's probably what is yeah. lacking in yeah. a lot of spheres. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Because as soon as you question, that's seen as... Um, doubting or um, you know all those kind of things
1: yeah, it's interesting just to piggyback off that uh, um, the pastor at our church actually spoke about doubt on Sunday it's the first time I've ever can remember anyway he <laughs> might have tuned out on other ones but first time I've heard a senior pastor actually talk about doubt and go doubt is a good thing pursue that oh you can't have faith without oh, and that doubt. was exactly the point and and that you will become a different person by pursuing that and that that's a yep. good thing um
0: yeah
1: and I think if you, you yeah if you encourage your kids t- to not and maybe this is a trap I fell into maybe as more of a perfectionist but the sense that you have to retain and maintain the person that you are um and yeah. and hold that as tightly as you can because that is right and true and good. Yeah. And if you yeah. could actually impart this idea of constantly learning, making mistakes, growing, the questioning, the doubt, the um, exploring, and yeah. but yet the safety that God is okay with that, and yes, um, absolutely, he's still the omnipotent one. Um, and also, I think part of maybe part of the strategies towards that as well is finding other mentors and champions who your kids can look up to and feel safe with that aren't the parents I think mm. we can do a
2: lot Yeah, I think that's important
1: but yeah I yeah. think that's maybe something I regret not necessarily having had a little bit you know with youth leaders and so forth along the way but yeah I wonder about that that you know the network of aunties that are there yeah. your daughter and um that sense yeah. of um people who you proactively <laughs> approach to go you know will you yeah alongside um, or widening the circle thing yeah because yeah.
2: yeah.
1: really it's about resilience right at the end of the day across the board for anything yeah. yep. and exactly. then within faith yeah. that's
0: a huge part too yeah so the i think the other thing with the boys is just um probably again something you said Ursh, just not not fearing that um not having the fear that other people are wrong or are mm. bad or just because they're different or because they don't think the same as you. Mm. Yeah. That, that's, um, that makes them not okay. Mm. Like I just, yeah. I just want them to have that acceptance of other people for who they are and not for what, what they believe, I guess. Mm. Like, yes, I want them to have, friends that are christians because that's important but i want them to have friends that are all different types of people yeah, because right. yeah but you shall
1: yeah i think exactly what you guys have said um and the only other things i'd add is um at the idea of um evangelizing and it sort of piggybacks off what you're just saying tam it's like yeah. that you can love people for people for who they are and not to have the burden of needing to mm, not as a project yeah, to have them as a project and i say mm. i hold that. Um, some ways lightly as well because i also recognize the other part that i want them to have is to have a genuine experience and a personal emotional connection to god Mm. because there's only so much rational stuff can hold you for so long um so i'd love to having created spaces for them to find spaces where there can be a genuine deep connection and if out of that springs this deep love to share God with others I wouldn't want to squash that either but mm. I'm sure there is a way to hold both right <laughs> to not yeah feel like you have to tick the box and and do the I will relate to you to get to this end result but equally to not mm. feel um so hamstrung that you can't share who you are in a natural mm. way obviously we can do both but I yeah. think I don't know with my experience of growing up there's been a lot of compartmentalizing of of those pieces um and maybe a bit of guilt thrown in, or the occasional rallying of, come on, guys, we've got to get out there and bring people in. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I'd love for that to not be the driver. <laughs> but yeah, I think intentional, I, yeah, intentional parenting, I think that's where what sparked the question for me for this conversation is just going, yeah, I, I actually need to stop and have a think about exactly these things. What do I want that greater piece around what my kids will be like when they're no longer um relying on us as parents mm.
0: because if we don't mm. think about which that which happens earlier than what you i think know it right yeah it does like already i'm noticing that my oldest is yeah. um yeah less more kind of about what his friends are about thinking peers, and doing yeah and yeah, yeah. so it's age. that whole preteen. yeah yep, yep mm-hmm. absolutely I know he's getting all grown up all of a sudden.
1: How do you feel about that?
0: <laughs> oh, yeah, it's a bit sad. He crossed the road yesterday. He he went down to the shops by himself with, for something for me. And know, and as he walked away, I, I yelled out, make sure you check the road before <laughs> you cross. And he just looks back at me and oh, rolls his eyes. Oh, <laughs> he's like, nah, like, i always check the road.
2: <laughs> well, yay. There you go. Job well done, parent. Yeah. Milestone. <laughs> That's
0: what happened eventually. Yeah. yeah. Yeah.
1: Well, it's good. It's good to um, – Also, I think a key thing is a bit of a strategy is just to have some good peers around them and,
0: yeah, Yeah. which does involve. And peers around you as well. Like just chatting it out like this, it gives you that just a little bit more um, structure or just makes you feel a bit more confident, I suppose, in going out and parenting. Like I think it's so important to have a good parent network that you can bounce ideas off and um Just yeah, have a bit of a whinge mm. or a. It's true because
1: and because yeah, the it. it can feel overwhelming because there's obviously so many blogs and stuff out there which I do appreciate and you know I do read the occasional thing that people might share and pass on but it also I don't know I could feel <laughs> a bit inundated so <laughs> overload. yeah, overloaded yeah. so it's good to just touch base and pick ideas and recalibrate
0: every so often so thank you good chap yeah yeah mm. thank mm. you.
1: all right we'll we'll see you at the reunion look forward to it Bye. bye bye